Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. All right, I got to confess something to you. This, is, this has been, uh, it's been a tough football year for me. It's been a tough football year. I'm a, I'm a Tennessee Vols fan. I know. And there's uh, like just, well, there's three of us here, right? Vols? Oh, four. That's fantastic. That's right. That's right. Oh, we actually have more, right? Because my son's going there now. So there's five and six. And Becca, you just got stuck in there too. So you're a Vols fan as well. So at least we got like five of us in here, right? Oh, yesterday was no different than any other game it seems like this season. We just get going. Oh, there it is. And we had them on the ropes. We had them on the ropes. I mean, and it was like, this is going to happen. We're going to upset the number one team in the nation. We hadn't been good all year. This is going to change the tide. Like that. You're welcome. And un- unfortunately, it did not uh, happen, and-, and we lost, and it was very sad, and it was just another one of those things. But I love football anyway. I, I just, I- we got football fans in here? Yeah, you guys know, I love football. It's got an intensity to it. There's this, there's this loyalty to teams. I love all of the, how it, you know, like when, you, when, you're, when you're out at a place and you're watching a game together, how it just brings people together. And I also think it's really funny because it also really divides people unnecessarily, right? Like when they're, when they're like, you know, anyway, it's just, it's just a thing. But at the Southman, men, we went and took all the men from this place that could go this past weekend away to Camp Canaan, and it was fantastic. It was a great time. It was just a fantastic time to be together. And we talked a little bit about football. Part of what we talked about in our programming this weekend was, was football. So we had football on pretty much every night, uh, all night and all day. On Saturday, there was football games going on one of the TVs, and Danny did an amazing job hooking up all this different stuff to have a bunch of games going on. So we had all these games going on. And I love going to football games. And I think the game is really fun. But there's something I've realized about going to a football game, that the game is actually not necessarily the best part. The best part of the game is really what? It's the tailgate. There's great food. There's great friends, there's family, there's relaxation. You're just having a time to sort of see what God has surrounded you with. See this opportunity. We talked about sort of that kind of thing in our lives. Seeing that time of the tailgate. See, I think a lot of us get so focused on getting to the game or whatever that game ultimately is. We get so focused on that that we sort of forget the blessings in life. That God surrounded us with plenty that God surrounded us with family and with friends. Amen? But it was a great time. We had a good time this weekend. We were out in the woods, and, uh, and, it's, and it's not like super rustic, but it's enough like woods to where you feel like you're in the woods. I've always been like a camp guy. I've always loved playing in the woods. As a matter of fact, when I was a little kid, we had all these woods around our house. So, so we lived in Franklin. It was like a part of Franklin that was kind of outside of Franklin. And back in, the, back in this time, back in the day, Franklin was not full of a lot of other things. It was like a lot of really big lots because, you know, you just, just people didn't, there weren't that many people there. Now Franklin is like crazy. If anybody knows about Franklin, Tennessee, it's just like so populated, stuff to drive around. It's very difficult. But back in this time, there was tons and tons of woods. And so as a kid, that was my favorite thing, was just to get together with a bunch of us and we just go off and explore into the woods. How we didn't get lost 
is still beyond me. I just can't even fathom how we didn't get lost. But I've always loved being in the woods. And there was this one particular area of the woods that was, was particularly fun for us. Why is it that, like, boys want to destroy things? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody with me? Is it, am I right that, like, men, we like to break things? Nate, is that right? I mean, it's fun to break stuff. Like, I don't know why, but it is. And like, Christian's like, yeah, man. So there was a section of the woods, and it had all of this bamboo. And you, anybody ever had experience with bamboo? You say, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's incredibly invasive, right? And so there's tons of it there, and it would get so invasive that, like, the inside of it, couldn't actually sustain life and so <clears throat> as it grew all of those inside parts would be like just dead and dried right so we would go in and we would actually peel back like the first two layers and then I, this is so ridiculous I have no idea why we did this but we were kids so whatever we would take off and sprint as fast as we could and lower our shoulders and see how far we could make it through the bamboo anybody ever done that no. yeah yeah Oh, there's some yeses about that. You know what I'm talking about. It's so much fun because as you go through this woods, I mean, like, you feel like you're just taking the world down and they can't stop me. There's all kinds of wood barriers, but I'm taking them down left and right. And you feel like, like you're just crushing it. It's amazing. But if, you, if you've ever done this, then you know that there are some repercussions to your actions. Bamboo is nasty stuff, especially dry bamboo dry bamboo that's dead that's been sitting there has this dust and when you go break into it it releases that dust out everywhere well the first time we did this we didn't know and we weren't that worried about it we just took off running breaking through the bamboo it was all kinds of fun feeling like we were on top of the world we are men now we're no longer boys we're taking down trees we can run through trees can't nothing stop us and then all of a sudden about five minutes later start breaking out in these crazy hives Anybody ever worked with fiberglass before? And you accidentally get a little bit on like a sensitive part of your arm? You know what I'm talking about? Bamboo dust will do that to any part of you. Let me just put it this way. We were wearing shorts and t-shirts. It's very invasive. Bamboo is this nasty, nasty stuff. And the crazy thing about bamboo too is that it just has this, this passion for being relentless. Has anybody ever tried to get it out of their yard? Anybody ever try to get bamboo out of your yard? It's near impossible, isn't it? I mean, it just because it keeps going. You could take it all the way down. You could try to pull it all the way out. But it just keeps coming back and back and back. It has this passion and this relentless. And it spreads. And it's all over the place. Now, I want you to keep that in your head. When you think about bamboo, all right? When I read this scripture, I want you to think about bamboo. We're looking at Mark chapter 4, verse 30 through 32. It's a very short story. But I think you guys are going to like it. Think about this. Mark 4. Again, he said, this is Jesus. What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet, when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. The word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. 
Now, in this scripture, Jesus is telling a parable to help people understand what the kingdom of God is ultimately like, right? And he's not just talking to people like randomly, but these are actually people that would have spent some time gardening, much like our farmers in Bihar, right? They would have heard this as farmers. They would have heard this as people that plant things on the regular. And they would have known that a mustard seed is about the worst possible thing that you can have anywhere close to your crops for a number of reasons. One, it's kind of like bamboo, right? It just kind of takes over an area. What's the other stuff that grows on the side of the interstate? Kudzu. I mean, it's relentless. It's got a passion. If I had half the passion of kudzu, <laughs> the world would be a different place. And it would just get in there and it would spread. The mustard seed plant, the plant would just grow and its leaves and its branches would start to take over. So when Jesus is talking about this, he's making sense to people because he's not just talking about this plant that's just sort of in there, but he's actually talking about a really, really annoying frustrating weed. But it gets even better. There was a couple of problems with this. The seeds were so tiny that oftentimes, because this was the spice that people wanted to use, right? So their seeds were so tiny that oftentimes it would fall into the other seeds that they were planting. So you wouldn't necessarily know that it was there. You would go to plant the rest of your crops and voila, bada bing, right in the middle of it, bamboo, in the middle of your carrots or kudzu, right in the middle of your squash plants. It just would come and then would take over everything else. And he said the kingdom of God is like that. Not necessarily the most annoying part, but the fact that it just takes over. Now, it gets even better. I've told you about this before. The crazy thing about the mustard plant, when it gets up and going, anybody ever go eat sushi, my sushi people? Yeah, and you know the green stuff you put on, wasabi? All right, now, you know what happens when you have a little wasabi. Now, the nice thing is with wasabi, it doesn't stick around like the, the spices that you get in a hot sauce, right? It doesn't stick around forever, but it will knock you down if you have too much of it. Amen? All right, same stuff. That hot mustard, that mustard sort of fragrant dust would be in the air around these plants. So not only would it take over, and it would be everywhere, but it would waft into your nose and into your eyes when you'd walk by it. And it would take over your senses. You couldn't avoid it. Not only could you see it, but you could feel it. You could touch it, taste it, smell it, and it hurts. This plant was overwhelming. And Jesus wants them to understand that that's what God's kingdom looks like. It's overwhelming. It's something that when gets planted in a place, it takes over. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. That is what God's kingdom looks like. Everybody keeping up with your community Bible experience? Everybody say, yeah. Yeah. It's tough. We're in numbers. This is, this, is, this, is the, this is where it gets really intense. You guys know what I'm talking about. Numbers has got all kinds of stuff. We just did Leviticus, and now we're in Numbers. Everybody having fun still? Say, yeah. yeah. Super fun, but there's all kinds of good stuff in here. All kinds of good stuff in here. The way that God shows us what the kingdom of God is like wasn't just tied to the parables of Jesus, but even back here in Numbers, shows us what the kingdom of God looks like. Let's read Numbers 20. Now there was no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. Everybody take a time out for a second and say, aw. These are the people that were formerly held in slavery by the 
that was, we're getting there. We're getting there, guys. All right, remember, full contact sermons, you got to talk or I go super long. Fair enough? Thank you. They're now out into the wilderness. They're frustrated. They're irritated. They quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this wilderness? That we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us out of Egypt, this terrible place? Has no grain, no figs. Everybody say figs. Grapevines. Pomegranates. And there's no water to drink. Bunch of whiners. <laughs> Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, Take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community. So they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he had commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, listen, you rebels. Everybody say, rebels. <laughs> we must bring you water out of this rock. And Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, Thanks be to God. These are a people that are tired. They've been through a lot. They stayed up late. They got up early. There's still no water. There's no figs, no pomegranates, no grapevines. They had all that stuff. Even though when they were in slavery to, to Pharaoh, at least they had figs. Everybody knows how important figs are, right? This sweet, juicy pomegranates we used to have. I didn't care about making bricks because I had figs and pomegranates. They were tired. We don't have anything that we had before. They're losing energy. They're losing momentum. They've been in this a long time. And I got to tell y'all, it makes sense to me that they're a little bit frustrated. But again, instead of God, instead of going to God for it, they come complain to the pastor. I mean Moses. Take us back. We missed the figs. There's no water. Brothers and sisters, in every place that I have ever served, there is always a let's go back to Egypt committee. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Say, yeah. You've met these people. You've seen them at church. And I'd question their devotion. I'd be like, why can't y'all just all be in? Why can't you just kind of go with the flow? Like, why have we got to have these bumps in the road? Like, why can't you have the same passion in the restrooms? Why can't you be all in? Why you got to be the back to Egypt committee? But brothers and sisters, there's always going to be the back to Egypt committee. Wait, why are they doing three campuses? Ooh, I'm going to start hitting home now. Why are they doing three campuses? That's too much. We've overextended ourselves. We don't know how in the world that's going to end up working. Why we build that big sanctuary anyway? It's all pretty and nice, but I mean, you know, we got to fill it now full of people, right? Somebody say, right. Just get on board like this. Is, you're helping me out. And why do we buy all that land? Why do we buy all that land out there, that 13 acres? We bought a bunch of land. It's got some houses on it. There's fire ants there. Nobody likes fire ants. <laughs> why can't we just do regular church out there? Why can't we just go out there, put ourselves up a great big building, get to worship, get out this school, and get on with what we're supposed to do? Why do we got to do something different? Why have we got to flip it upside down and try a whole different thing? Why? Here's why. Here's why the Back to Egypt Committee exists. Because scarcity 
is easier for us to stomach than abundance. I'm going to say it again. Because scarcity is easier for us to stomach than abundance. Because normal is easier than change. Because what we want isn't always necessarily what God is calling us to do. It's way easier to doubt God than to trust God. Am I talking to you this morning? See, when the difficulty arises, when the frustration sets in, we don't go back to Egypt. We go forward into God's abundance. We don't let scarcity guide where we go. We let God's abundance and trust in the Lord guide where we go. We don't get stuck in the what if and the, oh, but I remember it was so great back here. We don't have to do that. As a matter of fact, God calls us to not do that because God wants us to understand a little bit about what the kingdom of God looks like. Out of barrenness and hopelessness, God brings forth abundance. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. I'm going to say that three times. Out of barrenness and hopelessness, God brings forth abundance. I'm going to say it one last time. Out of barrenness and hopelessness, God brings forth abundance. God brings forth water from that rock. Now, we could break down that story in a lot of ways. We could take some time. There's some verses that follow this. There's some crazy things that happen. I won't spoil the story for you. You're reading Numbers 20. I don't want to spoil the story. It's a fantastic story. It gets real difficult right here. And there's all kinds of parts of this story that we could break down too. I want to focus on the fact that the water comes out of the rock. These people didn't deserve it. They were a bunch of whiners. Say, bunch of whiners. Where's my figs? Where's my pomegranates? Where's my grapevines? Where's my all? Where's my cushy chairs? Why do we have to use these metal chairs? They're not comfortable. I tell you why, because you won't fall asleep as fast. <laughs> they didn't deserve it, but they still receive it. God still brings that abundance. It's like kudzu or bamboo dust. You can't help but get it stuck in you. It's the mustard seed. God's kingdom is like that water coming from a rock. God's kingdom is like that mustard seed taking over. Can I get, can I get even more real for just a second? Somebody say yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm wondering. Look around you. Just look around you. Look at the ceiling. Look at this place. I'm wondering what God is about to do in this place. It feels like there's so much amazing happening in this place. But every week, there's some kind of desert. Amen? Amen. Couldn't get into school until 9 o'clock last week. The week before, we couldn't get in until 8 o'clock. Every time we come in, some sort of cables are messed up, and Ashley's in-ears are always wrong. Amen? Volunteers, we need more volunteers. We got, we're, we, we're showing up, we got like three people to unload an entire shed. It's all kind of coming to realistic now. We, we, we got this hospitality stuff set up and it's so wonderful, but it's the same person been doing it for three years. I mean, how in the world are we gonna be able to do that? Finances and budget, God, they're getting tight and we're getting towards the end of the year and we've been trying to do all kinds of new things and we've really been extending ourselves because we got this new land and we're really pushing as hard as we can. And Lord, why can't we just go back to easy church? Why can't we just go back to when it was not a big deal and we could just kind of show up together and have a little bit of fun and, 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 and why can't we have my figs and my pomegranates and my cushy chairs and all the things that I want? Why can't we just build the building? Lord, it was so much easier. 
<laughs> and we could start asking why, God. Take us back to the easy days. I'm tired. I need a break. But God keeps showing us what the kingdom of God looks like. The kingdom of God even sometimes hits us in unexpected ways. It comes forth in places that we wouldn't expect to see it. And then it takes over. So rather than worry about the back to Egypt committee, rather than wondering how we're going to make it, rather than sitting around thinking about how much we don't have, why don't we start looking to see what God is about to break open? Why don't we start looking to see how God is going to start breaking everything wide open here and bringing forth even more amazing? Because if that's what the kingdom of God looks like, that, brothers and sisters, should be our expectation of what God is going to do. Not just sit back and wonder why it isn't what we want it to be, but think even more about where God is taking us because if you're in the wilderness if you're feeling like there's a barrenness or a hopelessness brothers and sisters that's when God breaks in that's when God brings forth that's when heaven opens up in this place so I'm going to trust the promise I'm going to start looking for God's abundance I'm going to start pointing to the mustard seed and remember the bamboo how it takes over I'm going to stop trying just to go to the game and I'm going to start looking at the blessings of the tailgate look at somebody next to you and say you are a blessing to me tell them I'm going to start seeing what God has already done. Do you know how many lives have been changed in this place? Every single chair that you set up, every piece of pipe and drape, every light bulb that breaks when we're pulling it out of the box, every cord that you strung, everything that we've been doing here has been because God is bringing forth the kingdom. This, brothers and sisters, is a school gym. It smells like sweaty kid feet. But God is doing something amazing in this house, in this place, in your life, and in my life. So if God is like that, like a mustard seed, and instead of making scarcity our reality, God makes abundance our reality, like bamboo taking over, like kudzu at the mustard seed, surrounding us with the tailgate. These friends, family, this community that God has given us is a good and beautiful thing. And God, brothers and sisters, is just getting started. So what's it mean for us then? How do we live it out? It means we live seeking God's grace, God's abundance, God's providence, and then we return it to God and others. When it overflows onto us like we read in the first scripture, when it overflows here, may God make a way, may God make a path that we can then use that to bless others, that we can come forth enjoying the tailgate, seeing the blessings of God around us, and then being bold in how we live it out. Today we're going to be turning in pledge cards, and this week we're going to be turning in our pledge cards, and I want to invite you to be bold and see God's great abundance. And not get worried about what you don't have, what we don't have. And start thinking about what God is going to bring forth from that wilderness. So I'm going to take a second. And um, normally we have conversations with each other. You get a little time to talk to each other. Not today. I want you to pray as a family. If you're, uh, if you're here, you've been here a long time, I want you to pray a little bit about what God might be calling you to do with that intention card. 
just pray quietly as a family. If you're new and you're, you're, you're visiting with us for the first time, I want you to just pray together as a family or just talk together as a family for a minute about where the wilderness is for you guys and how you want God to bring forth abundance from that. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes and Pastor Scott's going to come up and pray, pray over us. Brothers and sisters, this isn't the wilderness. This is the place where we get to see God move. Amen? I invite you to take a second, pray together as a family, talk together as a family about what God is about to do in your life. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.